It's time to start talking Missouri and Boston College, and we are joined today by Locked On Missouri. Check that all out on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball each and every weekday. And on today's show, very happy to join. And on today's program, I'm really excited to welcome on AJ Black, one of my colleagues from Locked On Boston College, of course, Missouri's opponent this Saturday at 11 a.m., of course, noon Eastern time. If you're traveling to Boston like myself, AJ, thanks for coming on the program. Hey, thanks for having me on, John. I'm looking forward to uh, talking some BC and Mizzou action. It's a matchup that I don't think many people uh, were expecting much from, but I think it should be an interesting game on Saturday. I I think it should really be an interesting football game, too. Of course, unfortunately, Boston College is going to be out without its usual starting quarterback, Phil Jerkovich. Now Dennis Grozel in at quarterback, the former walk-on, but he will actually be making his 10th start in his career this Saturday. What should Missouri fans expect from Dennis Grozel at quarterback? So Grozel, you may look like a lot of people, when you look at Grozel, you look at the stats, and and I think it's important to realize he's a tale of two different quarterbacks. In 2019, he was with Steve Adazio, former UF uh, offensive coordinator, you know, a guy that was really big into ground and pound football, didn't get a lot through the air, didn't also didn't do a very good job of developing quarterbacks. You just look at Anthony Brown at Oregon and you can see what quarterbacks do when they leave Steve Adazio. Now, 2020, Adazio's out. They bring in Jeff Hathley. They bring in Frank Signetti Jr., who is a quarterback uh, guru. He's a guy that works really well with quarterbacks. He worked, he worked with Djokovic. They had a good relationship, but he also developed Grossell. Grossell started to learn how to throw the ball better. He learned how to run the offense. He could, you know, he could spread him out. He could throw it. He could also run the ball. Uh, you know, he now owns the team record for most passing yards in a game. Threw for 520 yards in the season finale last year against UVA. So you're seeing him grow a little bit. Now, to be fair, against Temple this year, you know, his first game as a starter this year, kind of looked like 2019 Grossell again. So you know, I think you, you're going to have to wait to see what we get out of him against Mizzou, but uh, he's a quarterback that I think, you know, could bring this offense, uh, not, not to where Jacobic could have, but at a nice level to keep, keep them competitive. Yeah, I actually watched uh, the first half of that BC Temple game, and I noticed the first drive, Boston College had a p- pretty big punt return, or excuse me, a kickoff return, of course, into Temple territory. Grossell throws a 19-yard touchdown, but he only threw for 30 more yards in the game after that. I mean, how big of that is a concern, or was that more of a function of maybe the opponent getting up fairly early on a fairly weak Temple ball club? Which, which is it? Maybe a little both? I think it's actually, you know, Halfley said it, and I said it before even the coach even mentioned it, that that was just the function of the game. You know, the, the week before – against UMass, another weak team, you know, BC hasn't really played much this year against, you know, quality opponents. 
Uh, they almost lost Zay Flowers as well, who is their star wide receiver on a fluky hit um, on a on a botched uh, jet sweep. And so I think in the back of Halfley's mind, he was like, we're up seven, nothing. Let's just run the ball down their throat and get the heck out of this game and start our real part of their season without losing anyone. So I think he was and he said it today. He said, you know, we're content doing power run and getting out of that game uh, with the win because he says a win's a win. So. I think that's kind of what they were doing. I really wouldn't look too much into Grissel's stats against Temple. Now, if you're a fan of Locked On Boston College and Locked On Missouri, check out Locked On ACC. It's hosted by the great Candace Cooper, who is joined by a variety of ACC guest hosts, including myself. And we talk everything Locked On ACC related. You need to check this out wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, also, check out betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back and on to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one sport for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the football to the site today and you get their 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of their amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I definitely noticed that the Eagles got conservative, I think, especially after they got up 14-0. It became pretty clear that that Temple was just overmatched. And you did mention that Zay Flowers got a little banged up in that ball game. To my eyes, he's got to be by far the Eagles' most explosive playmaker. Number four, if you're looking for him out there on the field, Mizzou fans. But is he going to be okay this week, do you think? Yeah, no, he got banged up against UMass two weeks ago. He oh, okay, just, excuse me. Yes, and then, I mean, when he got hit in that game against UMass, I thought it was his knee. I thought he was done for the year. The way he went down and they had to help him off, I thought ACL, he's gone. He came back. He got. Uh, he had a 50-yard uh, run at the end of the Temple game, I believe. Um, that was a big, a big moment for the Eagles, and that was about it. Uh, but he's good, and, you know, in terms of, you know, what he can do, He's growing as a wide receiver. He's very, very quick. He, you know, he's explosive in his, in in his moves, the way that he can kind of get extra yardage after a catch loved, you know, you don't see that much with Boston college. He's a one of a kind, kind of wide receiver. You know, he's a first grade uh, he's getting first round grades around the uh, the country in terms of mock drafts and things like that. So he's someone you might want to keep an eye on. And then behind him, there's some excellent wide receivers too that really didn't see much in Temple. They only had like I think three or four receptions. So there's guys like Trey Barry, who was a uh, FCS All-American last year, Jacksonville State at tight end, uh, really dynamic catch uh, pass catcher. Uh, had six catches for 100 yards against uh, UMass the week before. Really, someone you want to watch for. Uh, and then um, then there is uh, Jalen Gill, who is a five-star wide receiver from Ohio State who's been out the first three games. And Jeff Halfley said today that he's hopeful that he'll return. Um, I'm not sure if he will. He had a foot injury, uh, but he's been running at practice. So he's someone to watch for because if he gets out there, then Boston College has him to kind of bracket with Zay Flowers, and that kind of opens some things up for the Eagles offense. So for all you Boston College Eagles fans out there, this is something Missouri fans are, are painfully aware of so far, but the Missouri run defense has left just a ton to be desired, especially the first two weeks. Hard to know what to make of last week against Southeast Missouri, one way or the other. But against Kentucky, 
AJ, I'll just let you know, the Wildcats ran for over 300 yards in that football game. Do you expect a lot more running from Boston College's single back, you know, under center pro type offense? I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I, I can't get a feel for their offense. Like BC has some of the most prolific wide receivers in the school history right now. And, and with Jakovic under center, they would have just spread them out and thrown the ball around. But with Grossell last week, we saw them just go kind of conservative with the power run. Now, given that Missouri struggles against the run, will they do it again? They could. I haven't seen a good, um, front line uh, play yet from the offensive line in terms of run blocking, which concerns me because I know Mizzou at times has really good defensive uh, defensive linemen. Uh, so, you know, I, I, they could, I, I have a feeling that they're going to do some things that they haven't seen yet because BC, as I said earlier, they play Colgate temple and UMass three, really, you know, there's an FCS school and two teams that are kind of near the bottom and everything else. Sure. They've kind of kept everything vanilla at this point. I expect they were kind of trying to keep all of that off film so that they could, you know, again, when they open against Mizzou and then next week it's Clemson, they, they can start to, you know, pull out their call card and have more of these plays that maybe aren't on film that can kind of catch defenses off guard. So I think they might open things up a little bit more than we've seen so far out of BC. Yeah. And to your point about that Missouri defensive line, you know, obviously I I mentioned already that the run game has struggled. I think frankly, they're still searching for a second pass rusher too to go along with Trey John Jeffcoat, a guy who was, you know, I believe second team preseason all conference by most accounts. But, and, you know, to be honest, he hasn't totally stood out so far in the first three games either. I don't want to, you know, small sample size, not panicking by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that Missouri defensive line has a lot to prove without a doubt. Now, AJ, I know last season, Boston college, if you were paying attention to college football last year, hard not to notice they played really, really well against some tough competition. Played Notre Dame incredibly tough. Played Clemson tough for maybe two, three quarters of that game. Any chance that considering Clemson is playing Boston College after Missouri, any chance that the Eagles are going to be looking past Missouri, or is this maybe wishful thinking on a Missouri fan's part? I think that's wishful thinking. I, <laughs> I, I with with Jeff Halfley, like I, I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff to like get their guys prepared. He he's, he preaches it over and over again. He said today, you know, I treat every game like it's it's the same team, and if I don't do that, then I'm not doing my job. Uh, because I don't want to, you know, he doesn't want to like have his team underprepared to play a team like Temple, because as he said, you know, there's all these other games that are going on, like Pitt losing to Western Michigan or whatever. Um, You got to, you got to get your guys ready. So I, he doesn't strike me as a coach that'll let his team look ahead. Um, I think this is a big game for Boston college. It's probably one, even if they hadn't looked ahead, those three games, I think they did look ahead to Mizzou a little bit. Um, because this is a big game for them. This is their first real challenge of the season. So I think they're going to be ready for this one. And I think they're going to be excited because they've been on the road for two weeks. Yeah, that's interesting. A big game for Missouri too, no doubt about it. And a game I've been looking forward to ever since I saw it on the schedule. Boston's a a fun town. I've only been there once. Just quickly, do you have any a tip for a Missouri fan like myself who's 
making the trek to Boston? Should I should I just Uber down from from my, you know, hotel near Boston College, that kind of thing? Any good tailgating spots, bars, any just quick tips like that? So let me tell all the Mizzou fans out there right now. If you are planning on tailgating at Boston College, you're not <laughs> because you can't. There's BC is so it's Boston College, but like BC's like on the outer skirts of Boston, right? Close to the town Newton. And BC has this kind of contentious relationship with the neighbors. And so we don't get a lot of the tailgating amenities that you get anywhere else in the country. Even UMass gets better ones than we do because the, the town has made it so that BC fans can only get like four hours of tailgating a game. Um, and on top of that, they charge you an arm and a leg. You have to make a donation. And for any spot on BC, it's absurd. <laughs> um, so for outside fans, they have like tents, I think that you can go to and they have like hospitality suites that you can go and visit. Um, those are, I, they're new this year. And with COVID, I'm, I haven't been able to get down there. I've, I've been covering as press, so I haven't gone, um, but I've heard good things. A lot of times visiting fan bases go to a bar that's like two or th- like a five minute walk from BC called city side. Um, it's a good bar. It's a good sports bar, get good drinks, good food. Um, that that's usually where the away teams kind of, uh, their fan bases kind of congregate before a game and then they head on over and you, okay. can, get, you can get beer at, at uh, alumni stadium too. So, okay. Well, good to know. Thanks for that. And yeah, maybe Mizzou fans, hopefully I'll see you at city side after the game. How about we plan on that? But you know, one thing I, you noted, you noted AJ, you're confident in the Eagles coaching staff. One thing I noticed just watching that temple game last week, just really solid fundamental tackling by Boston College, especially early in the season. I was really impressed by that. Also noticed that your defensive coordinator, born in the De- in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, seemed like an interesting story there. Not exactly a hotbed of American football. What should we expect from the Boston College defense this Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The defense, um, it's interesting you watched the Temple game because what you saw there was – uh, after two weeks of uh, lots of gnashing of teeth about how poorly the defense looked, they shut out Colgate, but there was a couple of plays where against an FCS squad, you don't want to see what you saw, like some breakdowns of defense, things like that. And then against UMass, BC made 11 penalties and uh, let basically let UMass back into a game that BC should have won by about 40. I think the spread was like 45 um, and they let them back into that game. So they were really sloppy and then it came together against Temple. Like all the issues that you that people uh, had seen, you know, whether it was tackling, whether it was uh, breakdowns and coverage, uh, d- the the um, pressure on the quarterback, all of that kind of came together, and the defense played much better. And I think that is what we expected with Jeff Halfley because Halfley he was the head coach of Ohio State before he came to. I mean, not head coach, defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and brought that defense to the level that Ryan Day's team you know was in the national champ uh the playoffs excuse me they lost to clemson um and one of the best defenses in the country with chase young and some of those um cornerbacks that they had that being said you have tem lokabu is the defensive coordinator he came from the cincinnati Bengals. uh he was a linebackers coach there before i uh, played football at colgate you know there was a connection with the team that they played earlier this year um yeah he is interesting and it's really funny because uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he's got the, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo. It's, they just recruited a kid uh, who t- I, I talked to on Lockdown Boston College who chose Boston College 
because he also has Democratic Republic of Congo background, just like Tim. And he, the two of them connected on that, and he ended up committing to BC or Virginia Tech because of it. Um, so uh, he's, a, he's an up-and-comer. Um, I think BC, there's some concerns up front. Their defensive front four – uh, have their moment. They looked really good against Temple, but I want to see what they can do against a better de- offensive line and a better school. Um, because it, t- at times last year they just got gobbled up, um, and they're they're young and there's a lot of different moving parts there that um, could cause some concerns. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against Mizzou. Now, if you know this podcast, you know I'm a fan of Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And right now, they have the limited-time flavor, the cookie dough chunk. You have to check it out. It's 100% covered in chocolate, and it is delicious. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, and you can try out some of their nine other delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, and even if you don't know which one you like... You can get the mix box where you get two of each of the nine original flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Check them out by going to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Once you have your Built Bar, head on over to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as major players you may never have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdown and even interceptions thrown. And all of you need to know that your deposit and use our promo codes and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and over and under on their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron, mixed with the under on Tom Brady, in the same entry, use the same winning app on the App Store or Google Play. Prize Picks is safe and easy for withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your sports app and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Wow. You never know. A Congo to Boston pipeline could have yeah, right? opened up. You never know. How about that? Well, AJ, I, I got to say, I, one thing I thought coming into this season, I, I really figured that Boston College was probably going to be favored in this football game. But here we are, our friends at betonline.ag, at least at last check for me, have the Tigers favored by two and a half. Do you think this is all to do with the quarterback? Are you surprised by this? And finally, just how are you feeling? What's your pick? Do you think Boston College is winning this thing? Um, so I definitely think it's the quarterback. I think um... – the, the difference between Grossell and Jakovic was a, um, a bit of a drop-off. So I, I think the betting people go through that. I mean, I, I have, I have Boston college winning. I, that's kind of my thing is I pick BC to win every game. Um, just <laughs> even when they play Clemson, they're going to beat Clemson. So um, that's my pick. Do I think they'll win? I, this is probably as 50, 50 of a game as it's going to get. So I think it's going to be a really exciting and close game. Um, look to see if BC's offense gets it going. If they struggle, you know, Mizzou can come out and and score some points early, could get them in trouble because I don't know how Grossell will look trying to play from behind, but if he comes out, you know, there it's a home game. It's, I think it's parents weekend this weekend. So it's a big weekend on Boston college campus. The fans are going to be pumped. You know, maybe if they get that energy going and get that lead started, then they can kind of get into a rhythm I mean, at this point, it's a 50-50. It's a home game, so they get. I give a little edge to BC in this one. 
Well, that is one thing you, you mentioned playing from behind. I think even though Missouri obviously lost to Kentucky, they got down 14 nothing and did show the ability to come back, even got down 28 to 14 later, still showed the ability to come back offensively. Connor Basilak, the Missouri quarterback, maybe showed more playmaking ability outside the pocket than he had shown in his career so far. I found that all very encouraging, but like you said, the, the Boston College defense seemed to come together in week three. I, I still think we're obviously still waiting for that to happen at Missouri. I, I like the, the defensive secondary for the Tigers. Got a lot of good players like back there, including Jalen Carley's, the free safety. But yeah, the front seven still leaves a lot to be desired with pass, pass rushing and especially in the run game. So, yeah, I don't blame you for picking the Eagles whatsoever, but you know what? As the Mizzou honk that I am, I'm going to pull a Tiger John Cleek. That's a reference for all of you here in Columbia. And I'll take the Tigers to win, say, oh, I don't know, 28-24. But like you say, AJ, I do think it's a big deal on who gets up in this game early. And just one final thing, what kind of crowd are you expecting for uh, this game? I, I really have no idea what to expect from a BC crowd. So it's, it's going to be, it's parents weekend. So that means a lot of the kids are going to be bringing their parents to the game. So that means usually they parents weekend is usually against an FCS squad. So I always say they're, they're late or late arriving, early leaving, but against a team like Mizzou, I think they'll probably push their dinner plans off a little bit. Um, but I, I think you're probably looking at a, a crowd of probably around 37 to 40,000 BC, Alumni Stadium holds about 44,000. So probably not a sellout unless Mizzou really packs it in. Um, and I think, cause I think BC fans, if, if, you know, just, you know, I, I see it all the time on, on Twitter, B, you know, fans don't remember that BC about 15 years ago, I know it's 15 years, but they were good at one point, but they've struggled for a long time, you know, under Steve Adazio, Frank Spaziani, they really kind of created this program. The fan base is waiting for it to come back. Um, and Jeff Halfley looks like he's going to be the guy to bring him there. But I think some of those fans are still skeptical until they see it happen. So I, I don't think they'll sell out, but I think it'll be a, a pretty packed crowd. No, it's interesting. I think a lot of Missouri fans probably feel the same way about Eli Drinkwitz that they do about Coach Halfley out there in Boston. I think a lot of faith in Drinkwitz right now, and yet there's still some, you know, the bandwagon fans, the casuals, if you will, uh, we'll see if they come back so far a little bit slow, but you know what, maybe, maybe we pull one out in Boston, get a little lucky, win another game against Tennessee, get a huge crowd for Texas A&M who the heck knows, but AJ, do you have anything else for me uh, that you'd like to ask? I feel like I've dominated yes. the time here a well, little before bit. Before I do that, just a reminder to fans too. We were talking about tailgating on campus. Um, this again is not to be political at all. I'm just telling you what it is on campus you have either you have to be vaccinated and show a card to get into the stadium or you have to have a negative right uh, test. I think it's 72 hours beforehand. So make sure you have all that. Right. Good reminder. Your, yeah. Give yourself time to get into because the, the lines can, for those things like you, you get wristbands if you have the vaccination thing and they'll like check it out. Uh, you can get in quickly if you get there early and just get that piece taken care of and then you can just go right in. Um, just get that that piece in case you didn't know about that. That's uh, one little thing for Boston College. Um, so for you, I want to know about Connor Basley. 
uh, the quarterback. Tell me a little bit about what makes him dangerous. I mean, he's thrown for almost 300 yards a game. I want to know, you know, what, what makes him, you know, a, a good quarterback because he's a, not a name when you think SEC quarterbacks this year, he's not one that gets the, the, the praise of, uh, you know, Bryce Jones or, um, not Bryce Jones, the quarterback of Alabama. Yeah. Bryce young. Yeah. I got Bryce you. young or sure. uh, JT Daniels, things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the thing about Basilak, if you're, yeah, if you are an sec fan, you definitely know the name, but he's also, he's just a quiet, unassuming kid that really that may be one of his best attributes is that he just seems cool, calm and collected under any circumstances. Again, regardless if they're winning the game or they were trailing the game, like they did a couple times by two possessions against Kentucky. And yet they had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to actually tie. And I like that Kentucky team, by the way, even though Missouri lost. So anyway, the thing about Basilak to me, again, he's cool. I just think he's a really good decision maker. He doesn't have a, a crazy great arm like maybe Drew Locke did, a, for, a recent former Missouri quarterback with the Denver Broncos now. But he's got a strong enough arm. And actually, I think some of those deep shots that they've just missed on connecting with at times the first couple games of the season, I think they're right there on some of those. Now, I will say in the second quarter, Locke took a, a hit that was a bit concerning to me. It seemed like he was a little bit different of a player after that in the Southeast Missouri game. So hopefully this week he'll have time to heal up and he'll be relatively close to 100% for the Boston College game. But again, Basilak, just a good decision maker, just a solid player overall. Not like a crazy rusher, but he can rush well enough at least to be a threat anyway. And, you know, the other piece that came out today during, um, you know, press conferences when we're talking the BC was the height of Missouri's wide receivers. Like you have guys that are six, two, six, five, uh, talk a little bit about their wideouts. Like, you know, you got basically back there. How, how are these wide receivers? What, what, are, what, uh, what makes them so dangerous? Well, I think your lead guy there has got to be Kiki Chisholm. He has the most experience among the wideouts, but a lot of that experience was actually at the lower level. His first year with Missouri was last season. So again, if he has the most experience, you can tell this is a fairly inexperienced group. But Chisholm is the big body in that group. He's sort of probably the most reliable target for Basilak and among at least the wide receivers, probably your best red zone target. But then you've got a couple young guys, a true freshman, Dominic Lovett. He's a speed burner on the outside. Then you've got Mookie Cooper, who's a transfer from Ohio State. Another speed burner, a guy who's getting back up to speed a little bit, struggled with a little bit of an uh, some sort of foot injury in fall camp, but it seems like he's getting back up to speed, getting a lot of jet sweeps. He and Dominic Lovett, by the way, both get a lot of jet sweeps. So if you've seen sort of a the Sean McVay, Andy Reid sort of modern offense that has a lot of guys in motion, a lot of play action, a lot of jet sweep. Expect to see that. But the thing with Lovett and Cooper is for as explosive as they are, they're really inexperienced. So we do have to sort of wait and see what we get from them. And my last question for you, um, what, do you what do you, you might've already alluded to this earlier in the episode. What do you think of Mizzou's like biggest weak point? What is the weakest part? Is it the run defense? I mean, I think you'd have to say it is by now. It's either it's probably just the front seven in general, I would say, because I wouldn't say that the pass rush has been 
anything to write home about either. But yeah, clearly the run defense statistically certainly is the biggest problem. But I will admit if if Missouri was truly a sieve in the passing game, that would be even more worrisome to me, considering how modern football is played. But you know, again, got to get some pass rush at a certain point or else that's that promising secondary that Missouri has isn't going to hold up all season. Make sure to check out Locked on Mizzou wherever you get your podcast. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening on tomorrow's show. We're going to have CJ Klingscales on. He's going to talk about his uh, path to Boston College. We'll get in even more into the Mizzou game. Make sure you check out Locked on Boston College wherever you get your podcast. And if you have not already, hit the subscribe button. And make sure to follow us on YouTube as well. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Stay well, everyone.